How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I want to start with this. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, and no, I did not commit murder. However, I killed all thoughts of fear that were holding me back from being a successful sales entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and executive sales coach. Let's talk about that on today's show. So first, we're going to cover two things today on our show. We're going to talk about fear and your professional reputation. I'm going to dive in and give you five areas how fear is preventing you from giving your all, from living your best life. I'm going to give you five areas how to beat that fear. And then we're going to talk about your professional reputation, why you should protect it, what it means and how having a strong professional reputation can help further your career advancement, can help further grow your professional business, can help further advance your overall life. So let's talk about this here. I did not commit murder. And the reason I started with that show, and, and I'm going to be a little transparent, I'll be really honest with you, who's, who my listeners, here's the deal. If you Google Anthony Garcia, right, right now, if you go onto Google and you put Anthony Garcia, the very first thing that pops up is Anthony Garcia Murderpedia, right? Apparently, there was a doctor out of Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, that committed murder to several people, was recently sentenced to death, and that's what pops up. So as I'm starting to build this brand and my name and in, in, in my book, Catapulting Commissions, the podcast, Anytime someone Googles Anthony Garcia, I have learned that Murderpedia is currently beating me. And then the challenge with Anthony Garcia, and some of you may know this based on what your name is, I have like the John Smith name of Hispanic names. I mean, Anthony Garcia is is pretty, pretty common, right? If you go further and you look for the name Anthony Garcia, there's a professional baseball player, kudos to him, but then... There's a bunch of other murderers named Anthony Garcia. So, you know, I'm stuck with two choices. Do I A, change my name, which is not really a choice, or B, do I own it and say, okay, well, I'm that I'm Anthony Garcia, but no, I'm not a murderer. So I'm going to own my name and I'm going to work with my name and I'm going to continue to drive and put content and, and put value out to the world. So eventually when you do Google Anthony Garcia, my name pops up to the top as uh, Anthony Garcia, best-selling author, Anthony Garcia, the podcast host, Anthony Garcia, keynote speaker, anything other than Anthony Garcia, the murderer. But back to this murder topic. And by the way, if you have a name like that, just shoot me a DM, share with me your stories. Or if you ever see my name pop up in Anthony Garcia, murderer, just no, that's not me, all right? I am not that guy. So let's talk about this fear. We talked about how, I know I didn't commit murder, but I absolutely killed 
all thoughts of fear in my life. And this is really easy to say. It's a little bit more challenging to do. And I don't want to pretend that saying, hey, you can just kill all your fear after listening to this podcast show, or you can kill all your fear by listening to a a coaching call or reading one book. It's not that easy. And anyone who tells you that it is that easy is lying because fear is going to prevent us in so many areas of life. Fear is what causes people to live a life that they are unhappy with. And just to give you an example of how fear controls people's life, take a look right now and identify five people in your life that you would say have settled in some shape, form, or capacity. They have settled on either a career, they've settled on a relationship, they have settled on spirituality, they've settled on weight loss, they've settled on their overall health, they've settled on a variety of different areas in their life simply because they were afraid to take that next step. They were afraid of the challenges that are going to come. They were afraid that the reality is to be successful in anything in life, it's hard. There is no fast pass. There is no easy pass. There's no quick way to become a successful person. There's no quick way to be a millionaire. There's no quick way to weight loss. There's no quick way to muscle gain. So here is how I eliminated these doubts of fear in my life. Number one, anytime that I've found myself in a project or a goal or something that I was of value to me, I identified all the possible outcomes of failure, right? And this is one of the topics I spoke about in my book. And if you listen to the preview episode on, on show two, I did talk about this. What is the worst possible outcome for your goal? What is the worst possible outcome for this next step you want to take in your life? And as you look to identify what that next step is, and as you look to identify what's that worst possible outcome, a real simple follow-up question, is the worst possible outcome really that bad? All right. If you list all the outcomes of you failing at this next goal in your life, what does that mean? What's going to change for you, right? So that was the first thing I had to do to eliminate fear. I had to identify everything that could go wrong. Next, this is easier said than done. I accepted the fact I wasn't going to be perfect at first, okay? 100%, the the pursuit of perfectionism, the pursuit of wanting to be absolutely perfect when you introduce yourself to your market or when you go after a goal is going to cause you to stay on the sidelines because you're afraid of making a mistake. You're afraid of coming out and not being perfect, not being viewed as an expert. But what you don't realize is everybody wasn't perfect at first. Everybody sucked at first. I've kind of embraced the fact that, hey, I'm probably going to look back in a few years from now at my first episodes of Catapulting Commissions. I'm probably going to look back 
at my first version of catapulting commissions. Matter of fact, I have looked back at my first version of catapulting commissions. You haven't read it, but I read it, and it wasn't that good, right? I've accepted the fact that I am going to be better next year than I am this year. But the only way to be better next year than this year is to start this year. Don't allow yourself to sit on the sidelines and say, hey, I'm not perfect yet. I'll I'll come, I'll introduce myself to the world. I'll I'll introduce my sales strategy or or go after my goal when I'm perfect. Because that fear of being perfect is going to prevent you from ever being in the game. The next area that helped me eliminate all these doubts of fear is I realized who was watching. Now, if you're a parent, this is very easy. I guarantee you that as a parent, your child is watching you. Your child is studying you. Your child is learning everything from you. And I say this as as a child that has had um, a great role model in my mother. Um, I've had a challenging relationship with my father. I've had a phenomenal relationship with my stepfather. And and, and I outlined some of that conversation in my book. What I'm telling you is you have to realize and acknowledge that your children are watching everything you do. So if you're afraid to put yourself out there, if you're afraid to take the next step in pursuing whatever craft it is, pursuing whatever goal it is, if you're afraid, they're going to be afraid. If you get angry or overreact, your kids are going to get angry and overreact. If you come home upset at something because somebody cut you off on the road and you're upset for no reason, your kids are going to come home upset for no reason, right? For those of you that don't have kids, there's other people that are watching you. Your family is watching you, right? The idea of me disappointing my mother or disappointing my grandmother when she was alive was like, I can't do that. That's I'm not going to do that. And if they knew that I was afraid to go out and be the best version of myself, would they be proud of me? Right. Or your peers. Right. I manage a high performing team and I talk about my team a lot throughout this show. And, And it's to the point where the members of my team know that they mean more to me than whatever career path we have. Right. I genuinely, truly care about the people on my team. And I hope that when our time comes to a conclusion, whenever that may be, they look and say, you know what, what I learned from Anthony was you have to go after it and you can't give two craps about what anyone else thinks about it. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to be a better version of yourself. So who's watching you as you pursue your next sales goal, as you pursue your next personal goal? Because if you don't know who's watching you, make a little list and go find out really fast who is watching you, who's listening to you, who's interested in you. And sometimes it just has to be the person closest to you, right? I know without a doubt the amount of sacrifice that building this brand and writing this book has been in my personal life, right? I have built a sales team that probably demands 60 hours a week. I have built a brand that probably takes up another 20 or 30 hours a week. And I don't want to call it a side hustle 
because to me, a side hustle is something that's not as important or as in, in, in uh, not as important or not as impactful as my primary hustle. And they both are. So you do the math on that, right? Any given week, there's 70 to 80 hours spent in my world of business, either sales management, sales leadership, sales coaching, speaking, podcasting, content creation, etc. I know my wife is watching. And I can guarantee there is no doubt I'm going to look at her in a year from now and say, honey, I didn't go full speed because I, you know, I kind of held back a little bit because I was afraid. And she's going to turn around and say, well, then why in the hell were you spending all that time in your office? Why the late nights, the early mornings, the weekends? Right. So who's watching you? Another area that is going to help you get over your fear is acknowledging that it is okay to be afraid, right? Acknowledge the fact that fear is real. Acknowledge the fact that fear can impact your life. Acknowledge the fact that you are afraid. Just say it. Say it right now. Say, I am afraid. Because the truth is, until you say, I am afraid, and you acknowledge it, you can't defeat it. And for me, I had to accept the fact that I was afraid But here's the key point. I did not allow fear to determine my reaction. Think about that. I did not allow fear to determine my reaction. So, yes, I am afraid. Yes, there are things that scare the crap out of me. But I do not allow that fear to determine how I'm going to react, how I'm going to respond. I just had this conversation yesterday with my daughter. She is uh, testing at the end of this year for her black belt in Taekwondo. She is 10 years old, and she has been in competitive sparring for the last, since she started, say two and a half years. Well, if you know anything about the belt structure, as you move up the ranks of Taekwondo or any martial arts, the kids you spar against are better, right? I mean, you know, she won a tournament as as an orange belt, and in most majority of these kids have been sparring for less than nine months or a year. Well, now, in her skill level, in her class, she has kids that have been sparring for three, four, five, six, seven years. And so it's a little rough right now. And yesterday, her instructor held her after class and got her to acknowledge that she was afraid. And one of the things that he talked about was, it's okay to be afraid, but it's not an excuse to not perform. And it really hit me as he had that conversation with her. And I'm like, man, you are absolutely right. It is okay to be afraid. It's not okay to perform. It is okay to be afraid. It's not an excuse for not being successful, right? So it's okay to say, I'm afraid. Just don't allow that to paralyze you. In the last area, how to get over fear is trust the process and the preparation. Whatever your goal is, whatever your sales goal is that you are going after, I can assure you that if you have done the amount of preparation, you have a process in place that has been tested, that has been thought out in advance, and has been researched, you're going to be okay. If you have a process and preparation in place or you've prepared and your process is dialed in, trust it. You've done all that work. Now just finish, right? Execution, 
right? I think on an earlier podcast, we talked about that last 10% was holding back great ideas. This is the same concept. You have to trust your process, trust your preparation, and just go out there, right? Is it going to be perfect at first? No. Is it a possibility that you will fail? Yes. Acknowledge that there's someone watching you and don't allow that to hold you back. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. Now, if you're listening here and you're saying, hey, yeah, that sounds great, Anthony. And I mean, that's easy to say for you because you 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 know you have this or you've done that. Well, no, it's not easy because there's a lot of areas to be afraid of in life. And if you allow fear to control you, here's what happens. Let's talk about the negative side of fear, okay? If fear is going to be in control of your life, if fear is going to be in control of you achieving or going after your next sales goal, Okay. One, you're never going to take a risk that is extremely rewarding, right? The universe rewards risk. A good friend of mine shared that with me a few months ago. I will have her on an upcoming podcast here in the next few months, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick her brain on that. So just hold on to that. And and I won't give too much details about it. So if you're afraid, you're never going to take a risk that is extremely rewarding. If you're afraid, you're never going to go after a large sales goal that's going to help change your life. If you allow fear to control your life, a second area that will impact you is you're going to create excuses that you normally would not. You're going to create excuses as to why you haven't achieved your said sales goal. And when you create these excuses, you're writing them to fit your own narrative, right? I mean, this is the Catapulting Commission show. We all have some sort of sales background, sales training, sales philosophy, sales methodologies. You are a good salesperson, and you are going to sell yourself on why it is okay to miss your next sales goal. Creating that excuse is just fear speaking, and you're allowing fear to control your life. When you allow fear, to control your life and prevent you from going after your sales goal, the third area that has a negative impact is you start to numb yourself with distractions, okay? If you allow fear to become the reason that you don't pursue your next sales goal, here's some distractions that will help alleviate that stress of fear. Now, I'm not endorsing these, but I'm simply saying, here's how people cope with fear. They either cope with food, an excessive amount of unhealthy food, an excessive amount of food, or an excessive amount of no food, meaning you're not eating. They cope with alcohol or drugs, right? 
they're, hey, man, I need to get four glasses of wine before before I go to bed or I need to have two shots of whiskey or have to drink every day. Or, you know, what, I'm going to go out and binge drink till I get completely drunk and hammered and not remember all the fear that was happening. Right. Those those are pretty normal for people to say, hey, I'm coping with fear with either food or alcohol or drugs or something in that capacity. But there's other areas that people cope with fear. Technology. Right. How obsessed are you with technology in your life? How much time do you spend on social media? Right. Or excessive business. You know, this one hits hard for me and sharing it, it, it even shake as I'm sharing it right now. The excessive business component really hits me because I'm somebody who is a workaholic. I've always have been. I've, you know, I don't really recall ever a time where I wasn't working more than I was expected to. Um, But what I've learned for me in that excessive business component is that if I have a process and preparation in place, there are times where I'm okay with turning off and I force myself to turn off because I say I've prepared, I have a process in place, and this is accounted for. If I was afraid still, I would never be able to turn off my excessive business approach. The fourth area that fear can have an impact on your life is procrastination. When you're afraid of going after your next sales goal and you're afraid of achieving that sales goal or achieving that top accolade, you procrastinate on the decision-making process. You procrastinate on execution. You fail to make a critical business decision because you procrastinate, right? Don't allow procrastination to be the reason you don't achieve your next sales goal. You want to get over procrastination? Here's how. Stop listening to this podcast. Start working on your sales goal now. Actually, finish the show, then start working on your sales goal. That execution, immediate focus, immediate action is going to help eliminate that procrastination. What's the one thing you can do right after you finish listening to this show that's going to help move your sales goal in the right direction? And the last area that fear can have a negative impact in your life is you settle for less than you want. You settle for everything around you. You settle for average, mediocre. You settle for society's expectations for your life. Have you ever told someone you have this crazy huge sales goal and you're going to execute it and they look at you like you're crazy, right? All they're saying is my expectations for you don't match up, okay? If you have a big goal, a big dream, don't allow someone else's limited thinking to prevent you from planning, preparing, researching, and executing on your next sales goal. Okay? So as we discuss that process, big takeaway here, don't allow fear to control your approach for your next sales goal. Okay, now I want to switch gears a second here. This professional reputation we talked about in the beginning of the show, all right? Do you remember that? I'm Anthony Garcia, and no, I did not commit murder. However, if you Google Anthony Garcia, the first thing that pops up is Murderpedia, about a guy 
we're just gonna say Midwest America killed people recently recently sentenced to death row. And if you continue to Google further Anthony Garcia's, specifically in the West Coast, because I'm in the West Coast, you'll find an Anthony Garcia that has also committed murder. Actually, several of them. Not sure what it is. Again, it's the John Smith of Hispanic names. It's a very common name. So let's talk about that professional reputation and why you should protect it. One, you only have one professional reputation. So when people hear your name, it is known that the moment you hear someone's name that you have an interest in, either they have a business you're interested in, a product you're interested in, heck, if you're single and it's a girl you're interested in, or a boy, or whatever it is, if you're interested in dating somebody, you Google their name. You go when you type in social media and you're like, hey, I'm going to look up John Smith. I'm going to look up Anthony Garcia. What pops up about you? Okay. I will say this about your professional reputation and protecting it at all costs. The importance of your professional reputation has so much impact in your career. It impacts your customers. It impacts the people who want to work with you. It impacts the opportunities you have for career advancement. You never know who you will work for, and you never know who will work for you. So protect your professional reputation with the utmost intensity. Don't allow your professional reputation to be tarnished by bad decision-making, okay? Your professional reputation can impact you because your prospects are going to Google you. What do they think about you? What does your branding look like? If your name is your brand, as my name, Anthony Garcia, is my brand, what does that branding look like? And does my professional reputation match my brand? Now, there's a lot that comes with this, and I know there's people who listen to this show that have experience with SEO optimization and and how to move your name up the ranks in Google and all that other good stuff. You're absolutely correct. That is a huge component. However, What does your branding look like? And does your branding match your professional reputation? Because if your branding is, hey, I'm Anthony Garcia, executive sales coach, keynote speaker, motivational speaker, best-selling author, but my reputation is, hey, man, I'm a lazy guy that never works and don't do anything or doesn't do anything, and uh, you can constantly find me, you know, sitting on my couch, you know, posting videos of me playing video games. Does that match, right? Or you know, and it's unfortunate that this happens, right? There's politicians that have this reputation or this podium presence of preaching one thing and that all it takes is one scandal and their professional reputation is tarnished, right? So what does your personal brand look like, okay? And protecting your professional reputation, will it have an impact on future developmental opportunities? You see, I was once told perception is reality. What people perceive about you is the reality they see about you around your professional life. If you want to be viewed as a top performing sales professional, a top real estate agent, a top life insurance agent, the best business to business sales rep, the best medical rep, then you better start acting like it. Okay. 
You better protect that professional reputation so others around you see that reputation. By giving yourself a reputation to live up to, eventually you live up to it. But you have to protect your reputation at all costs. That means making good decisions when no one is watching. That means thinking about something greater than yourself, your brand, your family, your organization, your team, whatever it is for you. Okay. I'm going to end on this. In the terms of the world of personal branding, it is one of the hottest, fastest growing markets in the U.S. right now. If you look at what the goal was for children 20 years ago and what the goal is now, the amount of children who right now, if you ask a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, and I know this because I have two of them at home, what do you want to do when you grow up or what's a goal of yours or what aspirations do you have? They want to build a personal brand around YouTubing. They want to be on YouTube. YouTube is being viewed more than TV. Cable networks are struggling to compete with YouTube. That there is all personal branding, right? It's at an early infancy stage, but it's there. And you'll start to see there's a lot of adapters in the professional world that are going into personal branding. I'm going to build a brand off my expertise and I'm going to show you what I know. I'm going to bring an incredible amount of value and then I'm going to find a way to monetize it. And that is truly been the path that Anthony Garcia Inc. has been on for the past year. And so I have been building this personal brand, which is going to lead me to how I'm going to end this show. All right. We talked about professional reputation. We talked about killing fear. And I use the Anthony Garcia name and the Anthony Garcia brand as an example. Whatever your name is, whatever your brand is, you have a reputation, right? What does your reputation look like to your customers, your prospects, your sphere of influence? What fear is preventing you from having that best reputation? If you have an idea, a concept of personal branding, and you just want to learn more on how to monetize that brand, just shoot me a DM. I have no problem introducing you to the folks at Brand Builders Group. That is my coach. That is the team that has helped put my brand to the market and has showed me a whole new way of looking at my name. So if you are a sales executive, if you have a direct sales organization, multi-level marketing, real estate, financial you know, and I say salespeople because this is the Catapulting Commission show. But if you just have an idea, if you're a speaker, if you're a motivational speaker, if you are a consultant of some sort and you want to take your personal brand to that next level, just shoot me a DM. I'd love to introduce you to the team. I can even get you a free call where they can just assess what's happening uh, with your brand. And the clients that are in this brand builders group are world-class experts you know, and we can definitely talk about that on another show. Well, Catapulting Commissions team, thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for listening to today's show, and I'll catch you guys soon. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag Catapulting Commissions. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.